So we, we are in a series called Seasons of Life. Have you enjoyed Seasons of Life? Yeah, we're, we're in different seasons, and we've talked about all kind of different seasons. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about a season of waiting. This is an interesting one. How many of you have ever waited? Like you're waiting right now for this sermon to be over, right? You're just, you're waiting. This is, we're all, preach, that's right. And just, just FYI, before we get going here, uh, you can follow along on the screens or you can also open the Bible app and scroll down to events, click on Bridge Goldsboro, and you can follow along there too. Um, we want to make that available for you. Uh, one thing I've realized about waiting is that it can be very difficult. Nobody likes to wait. Nobody does. But we have spent so much time in America um, inventing things that keep us from having to wait. How, how many of you have uh, tried to lose weight at some time or another? You don't have to raise your hand. And you've been tempted to buy one of those weight loss pills or those kind of do it really fast. Like you can lose 20 pounds by 8.30 tonight, you know, so you can... And, 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 we're, and half of us are like, you know what? I wonder if that actually works. Why? Because we don't like to wait. We don't like to, to wait for things. How many of you have ever been to the DMV? Man, yeah, just the, the pure disgust I heard come from your voice right then. It's because we know that when we go to the DMV, that's automatically a half a day off of work. Why? Because we have to, we got to wait. Doctor's offices are the same way. You ever wait in the doctor's office? I mean, come on. What is taking so long? There was one guy uh, I saw, it was an older fella. He waited so long in the doctor's office, he stood up and went and told the nurse, said, listen, I'm just going to go home and die of natural causes. <laughs> this is just taking way, way too long. Um, waiting can be tough. Um, how many of you have ever been to Colonial Williamsburg? It's an interesting story uh, about waiting. Um, if you've ever been there and you've ever been on a tour, they, they're wearing the 19, 19, or 1700s, 1700s uniforms and uh, there was this tour guide was given a tour and he fell and he, he broke his wrist. He reached his hands out and fell and broke his wrist, had to go to the emergency room. And he's in there on one of the gurneys and he's waiting a while. Um, and one of the police officers, the resource officers at the hospital walks by and sees him. And of course he's in his colonial garb and he says, man, how long have you been waiting? You know, you've been, it just seems like you've been waiting a long time. Waiting can be tough. Have you ever waited on God? It's like you have these things in your life that you need to happen, whether it's a healing or some type of financial restoration or a relational healing, something in your life, and, and you don't know what to do. And so you wait on God and you pray. And you, you. Interesting enough, we typically don't wait on God when we have the solution or when we think we do. We will exhaust every solution that we think we have before we go to God. And then we realize that we go through all the solutions, we, we exhaust ourselves only to find out that it's still not answered yet. And so we're sitting there waiting. And that's typically when we go to God and we pray harder, we try to attend church, you know, more. Um, we try to do all these things to impress God. And we beg God and we bargain with God. You ever done that? I'll do anything, you know, just, just, just heal me or, or, or fix this. Just tell me what to do. Um, and so we, we do all this stuff to try to impress him, and we realize that, you know what, there's nothing really I can do to impress him. I just have to wait. And it's hard, and it's difficult. And some of us in this very room are, are in a season of waiting, and I, I just want to ask you right now, and you don't have to say it out loud or, or raise your hand or anything, but I just want you to kind of get in your mind, what is it that you're waiting on God to do? I just want to give you a second there. And even if you're not in some big season of waiting, there's typically something in all of our lives that we need, that we've kind of brought before God, and maybe we're, we're waiting on it. And I just want you to get that in your head right now. What are you waiting on God to do? 
Now I want to ask this. Why does God make us wait? Because I guarantee you, if we went around the room, you could come up with five things right now that God could do to fix your problem. So why does God make us wait? I can promise you it's not because he's obnoxious and he's just waiting, you know, to see how we're going to respond, you know, like an animal in a cage or something weird like that. But have you ever thought about this? God makes us wait because he wants to develop us. I don't think anybody wanted to hear that right now. You could hear a pin drop. God makes us wait because he wants to develop us. And he doesn't primarily care about your comfort so much as he cares about your character. That's an old Rick Warren statement. He doesn't care primarily about your comfort. He cares about your character. And he is more than willing to sacrifice your comfort if it means making you a better you. Can you imagine giving a driver's license to a 13-year-old? I don't know a 13-year-old that wouldn't take him. <laughs> My son, 13, getting ready to be 14. Dad, can I drive the truck? I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like, really? You know, he, he wants to drive it. And, but, and we might say, well, they ask for it so much or they want it so bad. You can just tell. Um, but th- the fact is, is that they're not ready. And as parents and as teachers, like, we're never going to do that. But we're more than willing to help them develop until they do. Is that right? There's a reason why they don't give bachelor's degrees to freshmen. Or there's a reason why they don't give inheritances to kids. They wait until they grow up. Why? Because we want them to develop. Did you know that God is the same way with us? We ask for these things, sometimes even needs that we think we have. And God knows what you need. Uh, Matthew, in the New Testament, Jesus said, he knows what you need before you ever even ask. So he's fully aware of your needs. He wants us to go to him. But God also wants to make you into a better you. And he knows that it's a season of waiting that does that as you begin to trust him. Let me throw this in there. God doesn't necessarily give you what you want. But he gives you what you've developed yourself to be able to handle. God doesn't give you what you want primarily. He gives you what you've developed to be able to handle. Listen to me. The Bible says that God exalts above all things his name and his word. Above all things, God exalts his name and his word. So why would God put blessings in your life that you can't handle only to have his name attached to it get wasted? Think about that for a minute. He exalts his name and his word above all things. Many years ago, I was sitting on my front porch uh, in a small town called Broadway, North Carolina. Anybody know where that is? Didn't think so. One person does. Okay. That's only, it's because I know you and you've been to my house. That's the reason why you know it. Beautiful little town. I was sitting out there on my front porch early in the morning, and I, I wanted a, a bigger truck so bad. I was in my early 20s, and I would watch them go by, the guys that went to work, you know, like at 6 in the morning. And I'd watch them, and I would go, God, you know I want a big truck. You know I want to, you know, Lord. And there was this one Chevy that used to drive by every morning. I, I promise that guy probably washed it every single day. I was like, look at that thing. I'm like, Lord, you know how bad I want that? And day after day, it wasn't like a begging thing. It wasn't like, a, you know, I want his truck. I want you to somehow give that to me. But it was a, God, I want a bigger truck. I want a big truck like the big boys have. You know what I'm saying? And I just, I'll never forget something that simple. And by the way, God cares about every little thing in your heart. So bring it to him. I'll never forget one day, he, I asked again. I was like, God, you know, when, I would love to have that. When, when, that, when could that happen? He, he said this to me. He said, how are you going to pay for the tires? I was like, what? It's like, I figure if you bring the truck, the tires come with it, right? And it, it hit me, and God just sparked that question in my, in, my, in my heart. I didn't have the income to be able to pay for the maintenance on a truck like that. What would happen when I needed new tires? I couldn't afford that. 
the oil changes are more, the taxes are more. I, with my income at the time, with four kids, I didn't have the flexibility to afford tires like that. I, I didn't have what it takes to maintain that truck. And it's not that he didn't want me to have it. It's that my life hadn't developed to the point where I could have the upkeep on one. He doesn't give us what we want. He gives us what we've been developed to be able to handle. Let me ask you some tough questions here. Why would God give me more financial responsibility if I'm not even living on a budget with what he's entrusted to me now? Why would God bring that person into my life for that relationship that I've been longing for when I haven't dealt with the hurt from the last one, only to bring the dysfunction of the last relationship into this one and completely waste what God is bringing into my life? Why would he give you a new vehicle if you're not taking care of the one that you have now? These are tough questions, but he's not going to give us what we want. Through a season of waiting, he's going to give us what we've developed through him to be able to handle because his name is attached to those blessings. Am I speaking to anybody in here? I know it's, that's tough to hear, but God's name is attached to it. He wants you to have the things that are in your heart. Listen to me. He does, but we've got to give him permission to develop us into the people that will handle them well, and, and that's truth. But it's easy to go after him prematurely. And, and forget the season of waiting. We're just going to jump right in and try to do it. We don't care. Let, you know, the, the, I got a thing in the mail the other day. Uh, a credit card company wants to give me all this money to get whatever I want. You ever get something like that? Oh, yeah, buddy. You can do it right now. And only later do you have to pay uh, what it is that you don't think about right now. Uh, but we go after things prematurely. There was a guy, maybe you've heard the story several years ago, um, who went to a National Guard armory, and there was a tank sitting in front. And he got in it and somehow got it started. He takes off, the, the tank takes off. Um, he didn't know how to steer it. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know how to stop it. And he begins running over telephone poles, running into car, running into all this stuff. It was a big chase that ensued. Finally, one of the military guys was able to climb on top of the thing and, and get down in there um, and, and actually shut the thing off and stopped it. Very cool to have a tank. Had absolutely no idea what to do with it. And so all this damage and all this uh, more damage than good ended up happening with, with this thing. And as much as a season of waiting can be uncomfortable, we have, to, we have to wait. And we have to say, God, I want those blessings when it's your timing because I trust you to, to, to develop me to be able to handle what it is you have in the next season. The best blessings from God are always going to involve your growth. And growth hurts. Happens in a season of waiting. It can be uncomfortable. But I want to talk today about three things that waiting does. Number one, waiting, waiting renews my strength. I bet you didn't see that coming. Waiting renews my strength when we wait the right way. Because a lot of times, if, if you're in a season of waiting or you're thinking about waiting, strength isn't typically a word that, that we associate with that. Typically, it's, it's weary or it's, I'm, I'm weak, I'm tired, right? I, I don't, I don't want to wait. I'm, this, is, this is driving me nuts. But listen to what Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord. Say the Lord. There's a, that was about half of you. The wait upon the Lord. Come on. Yeah, that was a third of you. I'm going to keep doing this till we all get in with it. Y'all got to talk back to me so we can, we can do this together. The Lord. There's a difference in waiting and waiting on the Lord, it says when you do that, you renew your strength. Those that wait upon the Lord renew their strength. There, there's a difference in simply being there and waiting on the Lord. Simply letting time go by is not waiting on the Lord. But when we focus on him, we put our eyes to him, when we, we turn our attention to him, listen, it says, 
those people that do that, they mount up on wings with wings like eagles. And they run. They don't grow weary. They walk and not faint. That means as you journey, there's going to be strength for you. As you go through the season of waiting, there's going to be strength. Sometimes it's fast and we, we're able to run through it. Sometimes it's slow and God slows us down and we got to walk through it. But he says there's going to be strength. You will not be faint. You will not grow weary. When we wait on the Lord, our strength is renewed. But this is what I've noticed. A lot of times we can say we're waiting on God, but we're really just waiting on the thing that God's bringing. We can say we're waiting on God, but our eyes aren't on God. Our eyes are on the thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I was at a restaurant the other day, last week, and I was about two people behind. And at the counter was this mom and this about three-year-old little boy. And the little boy wanted ice cream so bad, he couldn't hardly stand it. And the reason why I know that is because he wouldn't quit yelling it. I want ice cream. I want ice I mean, he just was, I want ice cream. I want ice cream. And the mom kept looking at him going, it's okay. The ice cream's coming. They're making it. The ice cream's coming. And I want ice cream. Just kept yelling and yelling and yelling. And, he, and the thing about it is, is he wouldn't look at his mom. All he was looking was where that ice cream was coming from that he didn't have yet. And he was exhausted. He, he wasn't looking at his mom. Now, I noticed something about the mom. I started thinking, this poor woman has brought her three-year-old son with her money and her time and her resources to this restaurant to buy him ice cream with full intentions of giving it to him, and this boy's exhausted like he's not even going to get it. He is screaming at the top of his lungs. His eyes wasn't on where the blessing was coming from. His eyes were on simply the blessing he didn't have yet. And it, it, it made him completely exhausted, not that I'm thinking, if you would just look at your mama, the, the mama would love you, the mama would encourage you, she would hold you, right? The mama would even probably give you something to do while you waited. You'd have so much joy in mama's arms, but that's not what he, he was doing. He was sitting here screaming at the top of his lungs with his eyes focused on what he didn't have yet, and I thought that's the perfect picture of how we wait sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we think we're waiting on God, but we're not. We're just waiting on the thing that he's bringing, And every day that goes by that we don't get it, every day that goes by we don't see anything happening, we get exhausted, we get weary, we get tired. But the Bible says that when you wait on the Lord, if you have your eyes focused on him, he says it equates to strength. You're able to sustain the season of waiting. You're able to walk and not grow weary, run and not faint. When we wait on the Lord, God, he he has full intentions of providing for you. And we believe that. We believe he can provide. We believe he can restore and heal and mend the broken things in our life. But if we're not careful, we'll get so focused on the healing and not the healer. We get so focused on the gift and not the giver. We get focused on the thing that we're waiting for and not the relationship that God wants to develop with us as we go through the season. But this verse says when we wait on the Lord, it renews our strength. When we look to God, and not the upcoming blessing, because God knows that we need it, and he's bringing it, but he wants to develop us. And as we look to him, even in a season of waiting, it says we can be filled, we can be strengthened, and we can find ourselves renewed. That's good news. Second, waiting refines my character. Waiting refines my character. Listen to what Paul told the Roman church in chapter 5, verse 3 through 4. It says we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. And we all say, are you crazy? (laughs) But that's, that's what he says. We can rejoice when we run into these things, these problems and trials in life, for we know that they're good for us. How? He says, listen, they help us learn to be patient, and patience develops strength of character in us. Did you know that God is more interested in developing you than he is just bringing it into your life? He wants to develop you. And this says, when we count it joy, 
when we rejoice, when we focus on him, when we wait with God, with our eyes on him, then we're going to be different at the end of all this. Have you ever seen an assembly line? And at the end of the assembly line, after all these little stations and people get done doing things to the, whatever the product is, at, at the end of it, it's, it's like perfect. Now, can you imagine like two of the stations getting skipped? And then at the end of the assembly line, the, the product doesn't work right. It doesn't function correctly. It's missing parts and nobody would ever buy that. And what happens with that? Well, what happens is they take it and they have to put it all the way back at the beginning and start over. And... That's kind of like how God does us. He, he's taking us through this season and different circumstances, different trials along the way, different joys, different blessings, different things along the way so that when you get to the end of this thing, you're a better you. And if you think about it like that, this season of waiting, it will refine you. It will refine your character. He has w- ways that you think about things right now he wants to change. He wants you to trust him more. He wants you to be more blessed. He wants to entrust you with more things later on. I'm not talking about just material things. He wants to entrust you with, with more people around, more influence around the people, uh, the people that are around you in life. He, he wants to do more for you and pour more into you, but he's got to take you through this season to refine your character. And you know what that takes? That takes us saying yes. Because again, you can wait just and let time, just let time go by, but that doesn't do anything. Because have you ever, we, we can be bad waiters, you ever seen somebody wait a really long time for their food? Everybody can relate to that. There are some people that just don't wait really well. There are some people that just are like, you know what? It's okay. I understand. You know, you got things happening back there. It's, and then other people are like, can I get some service, please? You know, I'm hungry. You know what I mean? That was way funnier than you're letting on. And I, don't, I think probably a lot of you aren't laughing because you're, you're going to be tempted to do that later on. Just as a reality check for you right now. But just waiting doesn't do it. Just going through time doesn't do it. Because if that was the case, then we'd all, be, we'd all be getting better every day. But refining takes trials and temptations. It takes, it takes doing things that we have to look to God and God develop patience in us. Are you tracking with me? Waiting can refine our character. God longs to make you better. But it comes through waiting with your eyes on him. I think one of the biggest regrets we can have in life is looking back and saying, I'm more or less the same person I was a year ago. I'm more or less the same person I was five years ago. I still have the same issues. I still struggle with the same stuff. I still have the same temptations that are ruling my life. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm still making the same mistakes. I, that's got to be one of the biggest regrets. But let God use a season of waiting to develop you because God wants to refine your character. He wants to make you more capable. He wants to make you better. So waiting renews my strength. Waiting can refine my character. Number three is the last one. Waiting refocuses my sense of purpose. It refocuses my sense of purpose. Say my purpose. Say it again, my purpose. There's one thing that's worse than waiting is waiting for nothing. No purpose. Just waiting for nothing. Just time go by and nothing. There's no purpose for it. God has a purpose specifically for you. I want you to hear that today. This isn't some blanket statement for the church as a whole. You, your name, you fill in the blank, your heart, your soul, your, your, your future. God has a purpose for you specifically. The Bible says he had it in place long before the foundations of the earth were created. That's specific. It, it predates any plans you had or your mom and daddy had. It predates your grandparents. It predates all the characters that we read about in the Bible. God has a purpose specifically 
for you. And listen, your purpose isn't the same as everybody else's. His purpose is for you. And when we focus on somebody else's purpose, it's easy to get discouraged. When we focus on somebody else's successes or, or somebody else's failures and we try to build ourselves up based upon what they're doing, that, that's discouraging and it's empty. He's got a purpose for you. Look at what Psalm 37 verse 7 says. It says, wait, say wait. Wait, wait and trust in the Lord. Don't get upset when other people get rich or someone else's plans <laughs> succeed. You're not somebody else. And somebody else ain't you. Because if they could fulfill your purpose, then God wouldn't be using so much energy to try to develop you. God has a purpose for you. You need to be proud of your journey. Wherever you're at in, in, in your journey right now, I, I don't care how many mess-ups you've had. There is not a place, there's not a time where God can't take you right where you are and start. You, be proud of where you are right now. And I'm just going to say this. God's calling you. He's calling you. And some of you feel it. Some of you know it. There's a, a deep pulling at your heart. And maybe it's been happening for weeks, days, months. I don't know. Maybe years. Maybe you're sitting here right now and you, you feel that pull. Like I, I just, maybe it's just the thought you have is I need to be better. There's no self-help here. There's God help. And God's calling you. He's got a purpose for your life. And he's the only one through a surrendered life to him that is going to be able to fulfill it in you. And I just got to say, it's an awesome purpose. You should be proud of that purpose. And if you're living outside that purpose, I just want to encourage you. God, God takes you right where you're at. You don't have to get better. You don't have to get to a, a certain place. You don't have to quit doing these things in order to come to God. We read through the scriptures that, that people came to him and fell on their knees right where they were in life. And God began to use them just like that. It takes a heart that's willing to submit to him. That's it. He takes you right where you're at. God has a desired end in mind for you, and it's on the other side of trust and patience. Would you be willing to go through that for him? To trust him? To know that you don't have to have all the answers right now? You may have more questions, but just to know that you're aimed in the right place and that his purposes for you are there. There was a man by the name of Job in the Bible, and we all have heard of him at least. He lost everything in a day. This guy was, he was somebody who had it all. I mean, he had riches, he had notoriety. When he walked into a room, people listened. People of, of nobility would stop and turn to Job when Job walked in the room. He had children, he had posterity, he had all this stuff. And he loved God. And God loved him. And he lost everything in one day. One day. And James, in the New Testament, he was looking back on the story, and he said that even though Job had to be patient, he said that we can all be reminded that the story didn't end like that. But as he waited and as he trusted, there was a purpose in mind for Job in the end, he says. He said there was, there was something else coming for Job. And if you remember the end of the story, everything was given back to Job in double. And we don't know exactly how long Job waited. There are scholars who can kind of debate that. But the point is, is that he lost everything and he had to wait. And at the end of that waiting, trusting in God, he, he even said, though he slay me, I will trust him. And some of us feel slain today. Some of us are, feel like, you know what, I don't think I can, I can do this any longer. Take it from Job. He said, if God kills me, I'm still going to trust him. Job waited. He trusted. In the end, he was given back double, more blessed after the season of waiting. And it came through being patient and being trusting. He realized that God had a purpose for him. 
And you know what? Thousands of years later, we're still looking on this story about Job and his purpose is still being played out as we look and are encouraged by this. He was able, he was ready to handle God's purposes for him after, after he waited. As godly as a man as Job was, God had a deep purpose just for Job and he's got a deep purpose just for you. And if we'll wait on God, the details and the end result may not be crystal clear right from where we are, but what is clear is that we know that we've got, he's got a purpose for our life and it's on the way. That's what you can know. It's on the way. I may, I may not know what the end res, result is. I may not know what, what three days from now holds, but I know that I'm aimed in the right direction. And as long as I know that I'm aimed in the right direction, then I know God's purposes for me are coming. That where I'm at right now, I, it is being played out in my life right now as I, as I follow him. You can be content with that. Waiting's hard. It is. And like I said, the, the questions that we have sometimes overwhelm the answers. And we don't understand what's happening in our season of waiting. We, we don't understand why. We, we don't have the answers and we get frustrated. There's a, a story in Isaiah. It's an Old Testament book. Um, but God tells us something amazing about waiting. He says that, and you probably heard the scripture, when, when God said that my ways aren't your ways and my thoughts aren't your thoughts. Remember that? Remember that? My ways aren't your ways. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, you don't always understand the way I work, but you can know that I am working. And then he does something interesting. He, he compares the way he works in our life to um, rain and snow and, and rain cycles and how it comes down. And this is what he says. He says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, they don't return back up to heaven without first watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower, bread for the eater. He says, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It's just, just like the way I work in your life. It's not going to come back empty, but it's going to accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And, and that's what he's telling you. He's saying, what I have spoken into your life, the purposes that I have for you, you may be season of waiting, you may not know how it's going to work out, but I can guarantee you, God says, that it will not come back empty that it is going to accomplish the purpose for which I sent it into your life. And that's the thing. Well, you may not see it right now. What do you do when, when what God says is not what you're seeing? Have you ever studied rain cycles much? How the rain comes down and how it goes back up and how that works? You ever, you ever thought about that? You ever heard of a hydro, hydrologic cycle? Does that ring any bells? Anybody ever, ever hear about that? You ever... You ever study the ins and outs of precipitation and condensation? You ever think about sublimation? That's pretty interesting. It has to do with the way water changes from a solid state to a vapor. Or another one here, advection. It has to do with the science of how water moves through the atmosphere in different states, liquid, solid, gas. See, most of us have never heard of that or studied it because we don't care. I mean, really? <laughs> Unless you're going... That's why we have Greg Fischel. <laughs> All we care about is opening the blinds and it's raining, right? So we know we need to get an umbrella. Or, or if you're a farmer, you want to know when it's going to rain. But all the rest of that stuff, we don't care. We don't see it. Now, it's interesting that this cycle 
takes weeks and sometimes months, and it happens differently depending on where on the earth it is. If there's mountains, if there's valleys, if it's, you know, wetland, if it's, it just depends on where it is, depends on how long it takes for it to come down, for it to evaporate, to go through the different states, to go back up in the atmosphere, to, to have, to get the clouds nice and heavy. I'm using way layman's terms here. And then for it to, it to come back down. Nobody ever pays attention. You don't walk outside and it's sunny and go, you know what? I think sublimation's going on right about now. I think so. Advection? Oh, you better believe it, buddy. It's happening. I can feel it. We don't see it, but yet this is how God compares what he's doing in our life. We just open our, our, our door one day and it's raining. We see that, and it, it, it makes the ground flourish. It makes the flowers bud. It makes things beautiful. It's like the end result of all this process that's been going on, and we didn't have a clue it was even happening. God says, that's how I'm working in your life. He says, you may not see it, you may not even know what's happening. You may have questions. You may be hurting. He says, but you know, I've, I take into consideration the amount of time that you've been hurting. I take into consideration every tear you've cried. And you can believe even though you don't see it. I am working actively and, and strategically in your life. And at just the right time, just as the rain comes down and it makes the, the earth flourish and bud and makes things beautiful, he said, just like that, the rain of my blessing is going to come down in your life in a way that you will see, in a way that you will feel, in a way that you'll be able to grasp. That's good news. He says, that's, that's how I'm doing it. You don't have to know all the answers now, but if you will wait and you will look to me, you can believe that I'm working in your life right now. Isaiah chapter 64, this is the last couple of scriptures I'm going to read. He says, for since the world began, no one has seen or heard of such a God as ours who works for those who wait on him. God's working for you. Isaiah 49 and 23. This is what God says to us. This is his promise. He says, those that wait on me will never be ashamed. Your waiting, your struggle, your striving is for a purpose. Don't give up. Hold on. How do you know that tomorrow this thing's not going to break? How do you know that that blessing isn't going to happen way sooner than you thought? God, God knows. He's working for you. And if you're waiting on God, I just want to tell you, turn to him. Let him strengthen you. Let him refine you and let him show you his purpose for your life. Maybe you're wondering if God still cares or if God wants to be in your life. I'm here today to tell you that he does. No matter where you're at, no matter where you are in life, no matter the decisions that you're, you're currently trying to make, God cares about you. And I'm here to tell you he wants to be in your life. He wants to take you to that next place in him. He wants to grow you, make you better. He wants to save your soul which is the most important thing. Would you give yourself to him? Can we pray together? Then I'm going to let you go. And as I pray, I just want to tell you, there's going to be people up here that will pray with you if you desire prayer. You can come up anytime during this and pray. God, we just, we come to you. We come to you humbly, God, but we also come to you very sincerely. And... Lord, I just pray that you bless every single person that's going through a season of waiting right now. People that are struggling, people that are hurting. God, people that have questions and they're asking you, and it seems like sometimes we, we ask day after day after day, and it seems like the, the wait is just the, the predominant thing, no answers. God, some people in here have heard your voice. They've heard you speak the things into their lives that, that, that you're going to do, but they don't see it. Some of them have been waiting a long time. 
I just pray rejuvenation. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you just give them a peace and a knowledge knowing that you are in control and that you are working. In Jesus' name. God, those who, who've never given their life to you, who have never said, have me, Lord. And church, right now, if that's, if that's you, I'm not going to do anything weird or try to embarrass you in any way, but I am going to pray. And God hears your heart. And if you'll agree with, with what I'm saying, what I'm praying, and you make that prayer your own, God hears you. God, I just, I can't do life without you. I know that you came to this earth to do something great, to save humanity. And I, I can't, if I could have fixed my own life, I'd have done it already. I can't. So I come to you today, God, believing that you died for me, that you paid a price for me that I couldn't pay myself that you really died on a cross, that you really rose from the grave victorious over death, and that you in, you're in heaven today. I want to wake up every day and aim my heart at you and live for you the best I can, and I trust you to make up the difference in my life. It's in Jesus' name I pray. God, bless us all as we go. Let us have a great day in you. Lord, and I pray that you would just fill us with your spirit as we walk out of here. Let us not just come to church, God, but let us walk out of these doors and be your church. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Can we say amen together? Amen.